Hi friends, this is Connie Alpers and I want to welcome you back to Equipped to Be, where I get to help you embrace and navigate the seasons of life so you can reach your personal family and parenting goals. We at Equipped to Be want you to understand how God has given you unique gifts, strengths, and talents so that you can live in all seasons with confidence and joy. Whether you're cooking dinner, holding laundry, or maybe just enjoying some time alone. I hope you enjoy this episode of Equipped to Be. Well, welcome friends to Equipped to Be. I'm your host, Connie Albers. I got a special guest on the program today, Summer Colbert. Now listen, she's a writer, she's a speaker, she's the host of a podcast called Love Where You Are. Isn't that, gosh, doesn't that just sound amazing? Love Where You Are. I met Summer at a conference, a podcasting conference of all places. You know, when you're in the podcasting or media type of world, you realize you're one connection from someone. You're here at a conference speaking or you're attending a conference and you're being fed. You're trying to learn and you meet somebody who knows somebody. And so I met Summer at a conference recently and I just gravitated toward her genuine love for family, adoption, foster parenting raising kids and just loving on moms in general, being real about it, providing real hope and solutions and ideas, not six steps and a simple formula, because that just doesn't exist, as you know, here at Equipped B, that Summer Colbert is going to be on my show today. And we are going to be talking about equipping you to love where you are, share a little bit of her story and and how she approaches loving where she is and how God has brought her to where she is. So I would love for you to tune in, call your friends, make sure they know to tune in to this episode of Equipped to Be with Summer Colbert. Well, everyone, like I told you, I have Summer in the house, Summer Colbert. She's going to be an author. and I can't wait. We can't tell you too much about that because, you know, that's just kind of how the way the publishing world goes. (laughs) But Summer is my guest. Summer, thank you for coming on the Equipped to Be program. Oh, Connie, thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to be here with you. Well, you're a busy woman. You're you're writing, you're a podcaster. We're going to dive into that as we have our conversation today. But you're a podcaster, you're a mom, you run foster care and adoption and ministries. And when I was reading your bio and kind of going through it, I'm like, gosh, I'm tired just reading that. <laughs> I think we could do a whole segment on, okay, how do you keep it all together? That, yes, it makes me tired to read my bio as well. And to live (laughs) it as a daily experience is unique. And I mean, it's just one of those things where I'm like, Lord, can you just give me grace for today? Grace Uh and energy. And there may be a little bit of Starbucks sprinkled in there in the midst of all of that. So Summer, you know, we were talking a little bit off air before we went live, uh, just about you and your life and how we connected. And As we get ready to dive into our episode on equipping you to love where you are, which is your passion, I just would like to pause. And listeners, if you would just, you know, don't don't close your eyes if you're driving. I I know you're busy, but you're listening to us from around the world and and you're doing all sorts of things. But we're just going to pray and invite the Lord to be here. So if you wouldn't mind, let me just pray. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you that you've given equipped to be. Thank you for the reach, the message, the people, just the way that you have orchestrated uh, all of our conversations. I pray, Lord, that you would just kind of be over our conversation today. I pray for the listeners that 
the words that we say would be edifying to them and there might be some takeaways that they can apply to their life right now today, or if not, tucked away in their heart for the future that they may draw upon it. We just thank you for our time and commit it to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, so Summer, this is a weird way to start it, but you have three dogs. Tell me about your dogs and why does this matter? Because I don't know about you, but I'm just like on social media, I get really excited. Like, where are all the dogs? I just, I want some dogs, happy pictures. So you have three dogs and three kids and we'll get to your children and we'll get to what you do. But (laughs) tell me about your dogs. You like big dogs, little dogs? You have a mix? What? I love that question so much. And it just put the biggest smile on my face when you asked me that. So currently, all three of my dogs are comfortably resting on my king-size bed right next to my desk, and which is where they camp out happily every day as I work. And they are all three rescues. And so they are mutts in of themselves. Our, our biggest dog is probably Pit and Lab Mix. And she is my 15-year-old son's uh, right-hand man. Mm -hmm. And she just goes with him everywhere. And then it's kind of like we have big, middle and tiny. And so our middle dog is my second born son's dog. And he is um, the cutest thing you've ever seen. He's part um, dachshund and part beagle. Mm-hmm. And oh my. he is adorably naughty and I can't get mad at him because he's too stinking cute. <laughs> and then my tiny one, I call her my pocket dog because she goes with me everywhere. She may or may not have been in my purse on multiple occasions going to the grocery <laughs> store. And she is what I lovingly refer to as a chewini. And oh, really? She, okay. Oh, she's tiny. She's adorable. And she's just, um, she goes with me everywhere. And she gets mad at me in the summertime when she can't ride in the car with me because obviously she can't stay in the car because it's too hot. But um, mm-hmm. if she, if I'm going somewhere, she is letting me know that she's going with me. So she's, I have to have her with me all the time. Oh, I love it. And then you have three children three and you've alluded to, you have a 15 year old. And what are the ages of your other kids? Yes, my oldest son is 15, and then we have an 11-year-old son, and then our youngest is our 7-year-old daughter. Okay, very nice. She's got two older brothers to kind of look out for her, and that's awesome. And and you and your husband have been together for a while and yes. doing this crazy life together, and I can only imagine what he thinks of, of the schedule. I'm sure you wouldn't be doing it if he wasn't supportive of it, but... Uh, Summer has a podcast herself, and the podcast um, is, Summer, what is the name of your podcast? I'm sitting here looking at it, and I went completely blank. You're good. (laughs) It's called Love Where You Are. So what made you not necessarily start a podcast? Because I know Love Where You Are, you want to equip women in each season that they're in. You want to equip them to love the Lord as they go through different seasons and changings, but How did God kind of put that on your heart? That's a great question. So the name of the show and its meaning really is twofold. And because as you said, I want to encourage believers, uh, followers of Christ to love where they are. And, And that really stems from my own struggles in my life of trying to rush through my seasons, specifically the tough seasons. And what the Lord has taught me through all of that is the lessons, the the value of those lessons in the seasons, even when it's hard. And so we don't want to rob ourselves of relationship with Him, and we don't want to rob ourselves of the lessons and the growth that He is creating opportunity for us to have in those seasons. And so literally love the season that you're in 
even when it's difficult. And then secondly, the meaning of that is to love others effectively from that season, because as a result of our experiences and the ups and downs, you know, there are going to be people that we can reach and love and speak life into because we have a shared experience. And so it's twofold in that of loving where we are, where the Lord has us, and then loving others from that journey. Oh, that's beautiful. That's just so powerful. Uh, I know you like to talk about gifts and talents. Um, Mm -hmm. That's a part of what you also talk about. How do you weave that in? And what do you talk about? What do you tell people about that? Right. Well, it's important for us to remember that we are all perfectly designed by God. And our purpose is one, relationship with Him, and then secondly, relationship with others. And through that relationship with others, our purpose is to share Christ with them. And that is done through our giftings and our talents and our shared experiences, like I mentioned a moment ago. And so there are going to be ways that that certain people relate to us because we have similar giftings or similar talents. And then there's ways that God can elevate, just like with your show, Connie, and then the writing and speaking that you do. You know, you're able to impact others with the message of the gospel because of the gifts and the talents that He's given you. And we each have those that are given to us by God. And so to be able to identify those things that we're passionate about, those things that we're good at, those things that people want to listen to us about, they come to us for advice about, those are things given to us by God that we can use as an opportunity to pour out love and support, to help them to feel seen, to help them to feel loved, to help them to feel like they matter. And then that opens the door for us to share why we do what we do, which is the love of Jesus. It makes me think about, you know, you have a passion for foster care and Mm -hmm. for adoption. You have said this several times in our show. You talked about the lessons that you've learned. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it doesn't matter what age you are. There's trials that have come upon us all. And, you know, the older you get doesn't mean the trials become less frequent. Unfortunately, I wish I could say they do, but they don't. I'm not saying they're any harder, but trials are trials. Uh, Grief is grief. Yeah. What are some of the points as you like work with uh, folks that are walking through a season of grief or they've had some difficult, unexpected twists and turns in their life. What are some of the things, just a couple, that you tend to find people asking you, Summer, how do I do this? Or this is what's really hard. Could you share a couple of ideas? Sure, absolutely. I think it goes back to what I shared in the beginning when I was explaining, you know, just the meaning of the show. People, Mm -hmm. we we don't like hard. In our flesh, when when things are not comfortable, when we don't feel safe, when things are uncertain, we just want to rush past that and we cling to God and we chase after Him. But what we're seeking is relief rather than relationship and the lessons that He's teaching us. He is faithful to be present with you. And, you know, we get frustrated because, you know, the issue might not resolve or we might not get the answer that we were wanting or the expectation might not be met. And so we can almost be our own worst enemy, I feel like, Connie, because we're seeking the wrong thing. And so it really is a stillness of mindset. I feel like that I want to encourage people in and in what I do. And that's whether mm-hmm. it be the adoption journey, whether that be financial struggles or marital struggles or just a, a struggle with your own faith journey Mm -hmm. of if there's a stillness, if there's a posture of teachability in your heart and leaning into the Lord and trusting His character and His goodness and His ever presence in your life, then He is not going to abandon you. And you are going to walk out on the other side of this, maybe not as you expect, but um, you will walk away with a deeper understanding of His love for you and His character and how you can go out and pour out onto others as a result of your experience, if that makes sense. 
Oh, it does. Okay, so I'm going to hit you with a little more of a, a tougher question. Okay. I want relief, Summer. I yeah. When I go through seasons of challenge and my listeners know a bit about my story and all the, the loss and everything just that I have personally walked through, and mm -hmm. I know my listeners, especially over the last few years, seasons of isolation and loss and yeah. separation and uh, hope deferred and broken dreams and... I have asked the Lord, hey, can I get a break? Just give me a little break. Speak into that. Yes. And can I just say I'm right there with you all? <laughs> I mean, the reason why I'm so passionate about this is because we have lived, and, and part of what my ministry um, serves is uh, families who have been disappointed, especially in the areas of adoption and foster care, the brokenness and grief that comes with that. And my husband and I have walked nine different journeys in 10 years, and we have only had one successful placement and that being our daughter. And so we have chosen to love and pursue children that will never know us. And that is a loss that we have grieved over and over again. It's been a, a point of frustration with our own relationship with the Lord of why would you call us to do this? I mean, adoption is not an easy process. There's paperwork for days and there's endless hoops that you have to jump through and ridiculous red tape. And it really is just a, a painstaking effort to try and, and see these processes through. There's so many times that I've prayed and just said, Lord, please take this desire away from us or please give us reprieve so that we're not constantly seeking and we'll have seasons of rest in between processes. And then we would feel led to do it all over again. And each one was met with disappointment. Our first experience with adoption resulted in a baby being taken out of our arms in the hospital. And it was only our second process that was successful. And our, we were able to bring our daughter into our family as a newborn. And she's now seven years old. And the blessing that she is, is incredible. And, and we talk about, you know, that's, that's who was intended to be a part of our family and God's sovereign over all of that. And he's sovereign over our stories. And I'll say the same thing to your listeners, whether you're coming out of a hard season, whether you're healing from a hard season or you're in the throes of it, listen, you're allowed to feel every bit of that. God's not afraid of your feelings. He's, he created your emotions, right? And so he's not afraid for you to feel deeply all of those things, but know that he is alongside you feeling those with you and that he is ever present in that. And so that was something that I had to remember because during that season, there were so many other things going on with us. We were a part of a, a church plant team that ended up, it was disastrous for our family. It was the hardest season of marriage that my husband and I have walked through to date. We've been together for 20 years and we'll be married 18 this year. And we can look back on that season and, and we can just see there was so much hard. And so I'll be honest with you, there were times where I was just numb and I was not sitting and loving where I was. And I wasn't teachable to the lessons that God was instilling in me as a result of those difficulties. And I was trying to rush through and I was trying to to expedite that season. And so that's why I speak to that a lot in my ministry, whether that be related to adoption or foster care or just life in general as we walk with the Lord. But mm -hmm. it is a challenge of making a choice of where you're going to focus and where you're going to rest. And it's not an easy thing to do. Well, I like the honesty there. I find uh, I was speaking this weekend at a conference and one of the sessions that I was speaking was a ladies tea and we were talking uh, about Isaiah and specifically just about you know what God wants us to do and how he's there for us and I yeah. like how you basically said I'm going to give permission I I'm giving you permission I 
I, I get it. I know this is going to be a challenge and, and a hardship for you. And I, as I was speaking, I had turned around and I picked up my napkin that I had taken onto the stage and I just said, this is how we feel. Sometimes we just don't take it and just throw the towel in. We want to quit. We want, yeah. give me a reprieve. I've had enough. I can't take mm-hmm. anymore. And you you realize, no, you really can't. You You yeah. can't. Apart from the Lord working in your life and working in your heart, you really can't. You can gut it out. And for some people, you're really strong and and you can fight. You can fight it for a long time, but eventually you are going to hit that limit. That's right. And and that's that's a time where you like fall to your knees and like, okay, I'm not throwing in the towel, but I'm just waving the right white flag. I need you. I need your help. So on your show, you often talk about... Deuteronomy 6 model of parenting. One of my Mm -hmm. favorites, I'm a mother of five. All of mine grew up. So for those of you that are listening, you know, summer's in the trenches of parenting and there are days that are full of unexpected surprises. But you love to talk about Deuteronomy 6. Why Mm -hmm. is that? Talk about that. Mm. You know, it's really funny. I my show is on the Christian Parenting Podcast Network. And so my audience is Christian parents. And it doesn't seem to matter what topic we are covering on the show. When it comes down to it, it always draws my mind and my heart back to Deuteronomy 6. And the reason for that is, you know, God gives us this perfect model. We've, we've come off of Him giving us uh, the Ten Commandments. And then from there, He's giving us really our instruction book for life. Because if you look at the the early stories from creation up until this point, you know, God has designed us, like I said earlier, for relationship, first relationship with him and then relationship as a family. He created marriage and then he created family. And then from there, he created community. And with that, as we well know, when sin was introduced into that, there were some problems that arose from all of that. And and so God, in His wisdom and in His patience and love for us, He gave us those parameters to help us to live and thrive within those rules. And so I feel like Deuteronomy 6 is a great example for us, especially as parents, because He gives us this description of First, the greatest commandment, which is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and to love others as yourself. And then he goes on and he says, teach this to your children. And it's really giving us this idea of creating a culture in our homes and in our families. And so it's when you lie down, when you get up, when you go along the road, all of these different examples that we can apply to daily life even now, when we're driving our kids to school, when we're going to practice, when we're putting them to bed at night, when we have opportunity to sit down and have a meal together around the table, we're talking about the character of God, and we're infusing His presence and the truth of who He is into the culture of our family. And then He explains to us why He wants us to do that. One, He says it twice so that we can have long life. And then secondly, it's teach this to your sons so that they don't forget. Because the whole point is that legacy of relationship first with ourselves, and then with our children. He wants us to continue that legacy of relationship with God and have the richness and fullness of life in Him. And so I love that as we think about, you know, the slew of parenting books that we could turn to and all the different phases and stages of parenting and uh, the how-tos. And and those are all fine and well in their right and proper place. But when we take it back to this model of infuse God into everything that you do as a family— that as parents is our first and most important job to introduce 
who God is to them and give them opportunity to choose him for themselves. So that's why I love Deuteronomy 6. It's just, it's a fantastic uh, parenting how-to and go-to for us, no matter what we're walking through as families. Well, I'd imagine as as you have parented and you've been so intentional about what you're doing and how you're doing it and pointing your kids to the Lord, I would probably guess, and this is me speaking as a mom as kids all grew up, right. that um, there have probably been a few seasons or at least a few days where it didn't go so smoothly. They weren't happily going, oh, mommy, you're so correct. Please teach me more. Uh, Is that true? (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I actually love to tell the story of my middle son, who's now 11. When he was three years old, we were waiting for our adopted daughter to be born. And we were in, we were walking into a season of chaos. My parents had had to move in with us and we were waiting for this adoption to take place. And my little boy, he, he was kind of almost born a curmudgeon old man. So he was just kind of crabby from the get-go. But I <laughs> Never remember, heard. have you not? Oh my goodness. He really no, that's is. awesome. It's so fantastic. I mean, he's, he's, oh, he's, he's so wonderful. So, so he's understand. Wonderful. Yeah, all the listeners know. Wise, all the listeners know that he's a wonderful boy. That's but right. most of us can identify with uh, children who who don't always see the glass as half full. That's right. That's exactly right. And so we we say that very very lovingly and with affection. <laughs> but um, even at three years old, he would just almost seem annoyed by prayer. And so when, you know, something was going on or even just at the dinner table, or if, um, you know, one of my older son's friends needed prayer, you know, we would, we would always purpose to do that. And he would just almost kind of be like, you know, and you get the eye roll and you kind of get this thing. Well, Mm -hmm. um, just days before our daughter was born, my son fell and he fractured his skull and had a concussion. Mm. And so you can bet that that child was being prayed over from every angle imaginable. And my husband and I were sitting in the neurology wing of Children's Hospital and just crying out to God for his healing and dealing with the shock of the accident. And also on the phone with an adoption attorney saying, what do we do if the baby comes and we're still here in the hospital? You know, so there was just a lot going on, but Mm. we had person after person who would show up at the hospital or they would call and they would be praying over him. And as a result of that, and this kind of goes into even tying into our conversation today, of this was one of the hardest seasons that we had walked through, watching our son lay and and not know if he was going to have to have brain surgery or what the extent of the damage was and all of the questions and then the uncertainty of, you know, our brains were on adoption and and finalizing that. And then we had this major um, derailing event as a family. And we were blessed to walk out of that hospital two days later and he was um, slowly healed and it was a miracle that he did not need surgery and that we were able to be present for our daughter's birth and all of the things. Mm. But as a result of that hard, my son is now a prayer warrior. And so a tough lesson for us as a family and even as a three-year-old, but he still talks about it to this day and he's 11 years old and he remembers every bit of that. And now how he has a passion to pray for others. And he's one of the first ones to lead us in prayer at the dinner table. Or he had a buddy who a year and a half ago suddenly lost his mom and he was on the phone and he was praying for that friend the day of the loss. And so, you know, you talk about it's, we plant those seeds and then there are things in life that just happen. And it, sometimes it doesn't always happen in our rosy fashion that, that 
Sometimes the Lord it does at my to... house. What are you doing over right? there? <laughs> I mean, maybe it's just me. I'm sure I'm the only one. You know, here don't you see right? social media? We see everybody's highlight reels where everybody's smiling is, is and it's perfect. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. But you know, I think that goes back to the goodness and the patience of the Lord because sometimes He allows those things to happen because He knows that's what it's going to take to get us to the end of our rope, like you were saying. Because we're fighting, we're fighting, we're doing things in all self sufficiency, and we're we're fighting the good fight. And and he's just sitting back patiently and waiting for us to break in a beautiful way so that he can come in and scoop us up and get us to that point where we are loving where we are and we are receiving those lessons. And just like my son, you know, not only um, tolerating prayer, but embracing prayer and leading out in prayer because of what he walked through in that season. And so it's just a good reminder for us all, I feel like. I think that's a a great way that you summarize that. You know, it's interesting because I know parents are sitting here and they're listening to you and they're thinking about their own lives, where they are, what season they are in, where they are with their kids, where their kids are in their own faith walk. Because yeah. I, I hear a lot of declarations of how to raise godly kids. And yeah. I struggle with that because we don't raise godly kids. We raise kids who know about God, but it's God yeah. who does the work of drawing That's our right. children to himself. And we want to be careful as influencers and leaders that, you know, we don't we don't make parents think that they, they somehow had a part of it. I mean, the part of that they have is that they're showing up and being faithful and teaching children in the way that they should go, which is Deuteronomy. So That's I have right. a question for you. How do you equip and empower their kids without like falling and having a skull fracture? How do you help those parents get that vision of mission-minded, and, and regardless of their ages, mm-hmm. their kids' ages? Yeah, it's a great question. I think it goes back to that old adage, more is caught than taught. And that's why I love Deuteronomy 6 so much because your kids are just seeing that. It's not like, okay, kids, we're going to sit down and we're going to have a Jesus lesson and they're all rolling their eyes like, oh, here we go again. When they're so used to it being a part of your daily conversation, when they are seeing their parents lean into the Lord, when they're seeing their parents say, I don't know, but I'm seeking Jesus on this. Would you like to sit alongside me as I search the scriptures? When they're seeing parents go, I have failed and I am asking the Lord for forgiveness in this area. And will you forgive me as well? especially if they're affected by it, you know, this is where it's going to make that difference of living it out. And it really takes the pressure off of us as parents, I feel like, because you can drown in all of these resources like you're talking about, and you can absolutely run ragged and and be just in a frantic pace to try to, to check all the boxes and do all the steps according to what the quote unquote experts and influencers say that you can do in order to produce this, this perfection and this, this life without... Um, strife and struggle. And, and that's not our goal as parents. Our goal as parents is to first be in relationship with God and let our kids see that as authentic and so authentic to the point that they want it for themselves because they see the joy, they see the peace, they see the stability that is a walk with God. And that doesn't mean that everything's going to be perfect, but as the ebb and flow happens and as the ups and downs come, because they are inevitable in this life, you know, our job as parents is not to shield them from that. Our job as parents is to equip them to walk through that with a firm foundation of who God is and his goodness and his presence in our lives and in their lives. And so from there, it really does take the pressure and the heat off of us as moms and dads do. We shame ourselves, I think about it. And I'm speaking for myself here. Again, I'm sure none of your listeners do this. I'm just going to talk for myself of, 
I, I didn't, I, I bought this devotion and we haven't even opened it and it's collecting dust in a corner. Or I, I bought this curriculum for homeschooling and it's just going to be phenomenal. It's going to be groundbreaking and it's going to instill a love for hermeneutics in my children. And you just, you get two pages in and it just never happens. And so we don't have to do that. If you're modeling just an authentic daily relationship and communion with God, then that's the first and most important things that our kids need to see. And and I love the freedom in that as one who struggles with anxiety and perfectionism and um, having to really squash that performance mindset and, and surrender to the fact that my life is not Instagram worthy and that the in the trenches is, is reality. And, um, these highlight reels, it's, it's not real at all. And so I just like to encourage parents to just take a deep breath and be free in the knowledge that if you're living authentically for Christ and with Christ, then that's going to spill over to your kids because you are going to be overflowing with the fruit of the spirit without even trying to manufacture something. I think that's where we get tripped up when we try to manufacture relationship with God. When we try to manufacture our kids spiritual walk. But like you said, that's not our responsibility. We've got to surrender the fact that they are God's creation and we are just stewards. Albeit we are given the greatest responsibility of stewarding through this life, but they are going to make their own decisions. They are going to have their own shortcomings and pitfalls because they are little sinners, just as we're just bigger sinners who've been here a little bit longer. When we see it that way, it's just, I think so much of what we do, and I'll, again, I'll speak for myself, a lot of my parenting in the past was panic parenting mm-hmm. because I saw the end result. I saw what I wanted to do. My my heart for my children has always been that they would know the Lord and they would serve Him with their lives through their giftings and talents and their own journeys, that the Lord has them on the story that He's writing for them. Um, but I would panic because I would think, I have to cram all of this into them and I have to check all the boxes to say that I was a good Christian parent and they need to know their scriptures and they need to to be kind to one another and they need to be patient with one another and they need to, you know, all the things that we put in, all of the shoulds, right, that we as parents put in and that culture inserts on our behalf that we just kind of bow to and we we frantically chase. And we have to look at it and go, that's not what God designed in, in perfection and in creation. There was provision and there was relationship with God. And and that was it. There was we weren't frantically working the ground for food. We weren't frantically chasing after God, trying to relationship with Him. He was just there, and He walked with them. And then when sin entered the world, that's where the toil began, and that's where the struggle began, and that's where the enemy sat back and said, "Let me just see what I can do to make them more and more frantic, so they're distracted and they're not simply sitting and communing with the Father and teaching their children to do the same." So that's my heart. That's what he's still working on me to do. I am not going to tell you that that is carried out perfectly in my home day in and day out. Um, There are nights of Chick-fil-A runs and it's nine o'clock and take a bath and kiss you on the forehead and I'll see you in the morning because mama's checked out. Um, (laughs) That is a very, very valid reality um, that I can pay for you in our home. But, But there are other days where the Lord provides that space and that opportunity and the, the stillness of heart to recognize when he whispers, now's a good time to talk about this. Or he'll prompt my kids to ask questions in conversation. And that turns into a theological discussion on the way to school. And so those opportunities are there. And so if we as parents can stop chasing a formula and just chase after Jesus, I think he will meet us in that every time very faithfully. Amen. Absolutely. And, you know, as you talk about in your podcast, love where you are and how Mm -hmm. you are just so um, intentional 
about encouraging and equipping Christian parents that you're going to go through different seasons. There's going to be seasons of hardship and seasons of immense joy and celebration and times where you're wondering, is this even mattering? Yeah. You know, are they even going to care or are all they going to do is just make fun of me because this is what we did when we were little. And, you know, I, mm-hmm. I when I was writing my book, um, Parenting Beyond the Rules, I had to go to my children that are now all adults. And I had to say, OK, guys, you got to listen to the stories in the book uh, and you got to sign off on it because legally, yeah. you know, I just got to make sure you guys aren't going to sue me or anything. And one of my kids said, do we have to live and listen to the stories? We had to live it. <laughs> wow. I, and I just, you know, you have to laugh at that stuff because you're in the season of building. You're in the season of creating and building a home. Yeah. And I love that you said, you know, we are going to do, uh, we, we're designed for and defined by our relationships. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned that a couple of times. And it is important to for our listeners, as we close out our episode today, that they do remember that. So, Summer, where can we find you? And listeners, you know, you know, everything's going to be in the show notes. So go over to ConnieAlberts.com. All the show notes will be there with links to where you can find Summer and her podcasts and find her on social media with those uh, Instagram-worthy images. But (laughs) Summer, where can our listeners find you? That is perfect. Yes, you can find me on Instagram at Summer Colbert. And my parents decided to be difficult. So my name is spelled S-O-M-E-R. So in case you're looking for me and you can't find me, that is where you can find me. And there's a, a it's kind of a hub where you can click on my link tree and you can find me in all of the other places. I have a, a private Facebook group called the Ahava Community. And that is the Hebrew word for love. And so it helps us tie into that love where you are. And I'm on Facebook as well. And then the Love Where You Are podcast is on every platform that you can find podcasts. And I'm with the Christian Parenting Network. And so you can also find me at christianparenting.org. Well, friends, make sure you go check it out. I think you're going to be encouraged. And Summer, thank you for joining me today. And I know your schedule's full and busy And it's been a little bit since we were able to connect and have you come on the program. But listeners, I know this had to bless you. I just, the realness, the authenticity is so important for us. Whether we've completed our journey, we're beginning our journey, we're in the middle of it. We all have to realize that we are a work in process. That God is not finished. God is faithful. And we need to look to Him and point our kids to the Lord. He is sufficient. He is our place of refuge, not the... Not the social social sites, not the friend group, not the youth group, but him and him alone. So Summer, thank you for coming on the Equipped to Be program. And listeners, thank you for tuning in. We'll see you again next week. Thank you for having me. Well, that wraps up this episode of Equipped to Be. If you enjoyed this show, please share it with a friend or family member and hit subscribe so you don't miss a show. And thank you again for joining me. Remember that we are equipped for every season of life.